a radio show that confesses Christ without confusing the law and the gospel. A radio show that takes scripture seriously without taking ourselves so seriously. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. This is then a sanctification. Is a daily drowning of the flesh and, the, and a daily rising again of the new man to life. Uh, and that is what we call repentance. The law comes to us and shows us our sin, and then the gospel comes and, and forgives our sins, and, and, and by that the new man rises daily to life. The point is the forgiveness of sins. I mean, I, I wonder if the gospel was preached in that gray old church. I wonder if the sacraments were rightly administered. Because if it was, that's the point. I wonder if those gray old people needed the forgiveness of sins. It's like putting Vaseline in your eyes before reading the New Testament to be a dispensation. Because you can't tell anyway what's up and down. So. You're just trying to get on the Facebook quote page. You are listening to another edition of Table Talk Radio. Welcome to the program. This is Evan Gigline here with Pastor Brian Wolfmuller. Hey! Today we're going to be, after doing some buzzwords, we're going to respond to your emails at questions at tabletalkradio.org. And I think we have some silly Facebook page, too. Oh, man. Not silly. Serious Facebook page stuff. <laughs> oh, gosh. Uh, I have to I have to write a paper for ethics, uh, and I, oh, I've yeah, been thinking right, about writing uh, a paper uh, on the ethics of Facebook, whether it's right to be poking people and uh, be tagging them without their permission. I think this is pretty serious. I, sh- I should get an A on it. I think. Yeah, yeah. You should. Your your professor will say uh, if you could submit this to me through the my Facebook fan page. Uh, I'd appreciate it. Oh man. Okay. Then we're gonna. If, uh, if you could check your wall for the grade. <laughs> I'd be okay not knowing. I'll just assume I got an A. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> you never get the grades back, so you just assume that you got you get a hundred percent. How'd you do in seminary? I didn't never even miss a single <laughs> single question. Right. <laughs> okay, and then uh, we're gonna do Ten Commandments in the news. Oh yeah. Um, that that usually has a casual apologetic conversation game attached to it. So I guess that's right. assumed. And then in the last uh, segment of the program, we have a brand new game for you. Um, oh, I'm so excited about this one. Th- this is going to be especially uh, interesting for our listeners who are regular Theopedia users. Uh, Theopedia <laughs> is, I guess, a godly version. It's, it's kind of like, you know, YouTube? Uh, YouTube had a, a Christian version of GodTube. Well, uh, now Wikipedia has a, a Christian version, Theopedia. Yeah, it's all the power of all the Calvinist blogs focused into one. <laughs> it's like uh, it's like it's this is like um, Calvin uh, Calvinist blog kryptonite. <laughs> so uh, what what's fascinating about this is is on the on this web page there's a, a link there that says random article. You click on it and it just as it says uh, you, get, you get a random article. And so this is just fodder for Table Talk Radio games. I know. And Anything, so, <laughs> Any button on the Internet with the word random on it, Yeah. we figure that could be a game with little to no show prep involved. <laughs> well, then those are our favorite games here on Table Talk being, Radio. Being, yeah, the, being the chief criteria <laughs> for any new game, Yes. little to no show prep. Yeah, see, sometimes people send us ideas for games, and uh, we have to like look up some 
Bible verses first, since we don't really want to do it. So uh, these random random games uh, work well. So that's the lineup for oh, man. Uh, today's Table Talk Radio. But first, we need to do some buzzwords. What do you have? Uh, my buzzword for you comes from Theopedia. <laughs> of course. <laughs> I haven't thought of a buzzword me. in months now that since I found this random Wait a minute. How long have you been doing that? Uh, I think yeah, I think about four or five shows. Are you kidding me? I'm I'm no, no. I'm laboring, reading through paper for some for some uh, buzzwords, and and you just click on a button. Yes, I, I'm really not that upset. The bu- the buzzword I have for you is the fall. Ha <laughs> ha! The fall. That's pretty the good. Fall. That's the fall. That's where Adam and you know Adam and Eve ate the apple that God told them not to, or passion fruit, or. Some people think it's kiwi. Don't you think it's kiwi? They ate the forbidden fruit anyhow, and the result was uh, that added to their knowledge of good was the knowledge of evil. They they plunged, Adam and Eve plunged into sin, and all creation was plunged into sin with them. Uh, they became the enemies of God, objects, rightful objects of his wrath, etc. Uh, so the fall into sin. Now, no, a lot of people who don't believe in original sin or kind of only go halfway with original sin would rather call the fall the slip-up. <laughs> oh, stumbled a little, but they caught their, oh, they got their balance, and okay. now they're doing You're fine. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but no, no, this is actually a fall. Right. You know, by the way, I'm not really upset at all that you're using Theopedia because now you're not using Facebook and burdening our... Fr- so I was wondering, have all of the, the fans on our Facebook page, uh, are they tired of doing your show prep for you, so they, they pointed you to Theopedia? Oh, our Facebook fan page is uh, is great. They love doing all my show. <laughs> but in fact, you're going to hear about that in and, a little bit. I got this really <laughs> hilarious conversation. Uh, but go. So hurry up with your buzzword so I can read this conversation. Okay, okay. This uh, is hilarious. Actually, my buzzword is somewhat related to yours. Mine is sin of omission. It's more of a theological buzz phrase. Sin of omission, and this is talking about the the sins that we do by our not doing something. Uh, so. Uh, contrast this would be the sin of commission. Uh, so when we you know uh, you know murder someone with our th- uh, thoughts, words, or deeds, that's a sin of of, of commission. But a, the sin of omission is when we should have done something and we didn't do it. So we see someone who is in need of help and we we don't do it, although we should have. That is a sin of omission, and it's a sin. Got it. It's it's still a sin. So. Correct. Okay, now, all right, jump on your whatever you want to do. <laughs> this is, I think this is, our fa- fan book, Facebook fan page, <laughs> what was it? Our fan book face page is the, is the place of much hilarity. Uh, although I am against humor, I do like this joke. Because we were at one point talking about a bumper sticker that said, Worship me for the goddess I am. Mm-hmm. And Kelly writes, Worship me for the goddess I am. That sounds like some kind of autotheistic feminism. <laughs> uh, which I thought was a good insight until Tony uh, replied to this and said, or a girl. <laughs> <laughs> Tony, I do not agree with that statement. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Anything oh, else? A, here's, yeah, here's another inquiry we've got uh, from either Angel or Angel. I'm not sure. Spelled the same. It says, I just received 100 points. What can I do with them? Well, that's a good question, uh, Angel. Uh, what can you do with them? And the answer is absolutely nothing. The points are like, and here's something else from our fan book fan page. The points are like keeping the law for an antinomian. <laughs> <laughs> What's they an antinomian? No oh, uh, someone who is against the law. Ah, very good. Yeah. All right. Well, I have an email to read. This is uh, this comes from Joseph, uh, listening in Colorado. 
uh, he was listening to our show and we did the uh, Name That Logical Fallacy. Yes. And uh, one of those we had uh, was begging the question. And so he, he uh, has given us another example uh, of, a, of, a, of a question that, uh, well, a, a theological fallacy, or excuse me, logical fallacy uh, that uh, commits begging the question. That is this. So was Pastor Wolfmuller as good looking as he was the last time I saw him? <laughs> that There's is, no begging the question yes, there. Yes, it is. Yes. That, that, would be, that would be the logical fallacy of assuming the obvious. Uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> U.S. Oh, All right. Uh, I actually hey. have have a real email to respond to. Oh, oh okay, okay. Uh, no, this is good. this is actually in the same the same broadcast where we did uh, name that logical fallacy, and uh, this is from Frank. And and uh, you, you remember when we did this, we, we listened to a little uh, uh, discourse back and forth between Sean Hannity and um, Christopher Hitchens. And uh, one of the things that I commented was that that Sean Hannity uh, used this word faith. Uh, that I think improperly that we need to we need to move away from that we need to refer to faith as a gift of God, not this uh, thing that we do apart from uh, apart from any evidence. And so Frank writes this: You criticize uh, Sean Hannity because he was not properly defining faith. That is true, but I believe Hannity was talking about the first part of faith, which involves our human intellect. My understanding is that Christianity is very logical, yet not common sensible. For instance. If log, uh, in logic, if A equals B and B equals C, then A equals C. The, uh, the Father is God, the Son is God, and the Holy Spirit is God. Therefore, the Father and Son are equal, and so is the Father and Holy Spirit, etc. Logical, but not commonsensible, because how can there be three persons, yet one God? Hannity should have used the term logic instead of faith. It is a logical, is, is it logical to conclude that given the universe and heavenly bodies and all the laws of physics that apply, that an in- intelligence was behind the logic and precision? Handy then could have said that there's no equivalent logic behind evolution, which claims life resulted from non-life. And so, uh, Frank here makes a good point. Uh, I, I think, though, uh, this w- would be good to bring in this distinction between uh, natural revelation and, uh, uh, I guess, spiritual revelation, or um, special revelation. Right, so, right, that's that's right. There's certain things that can be known about God and about the universe uh, by logic, reason, scientific discovery, etc. There are there are other things, though, that can only be known by faith, by the Lord revealing them to us uh, through his word. Right. So, for example, um, uh, a... Uh, uh, someone who who sets out to to make up their own religion, they they can look at the same trees and stars and mountains and everything else that the Christian does, and this same this person making up his own religion uh, can say, hey look, there's a God greater than us, uh, and he can conclude that from from the physical evidence, and that so so that that, that the the natural law reveals that there is a, a God above us, but that person does not have faith. Because faith is a gift from God uh, through his word and through his means. And what that faith gives us is life and salvation by the blood of Jesus. That we uh, believe in Christ and have the forgiveness of sins based upon what uh, has been bestowed to us through those means. So there's a difference between faith and uh, logic. So we'll... we'll uh, one, one more word about this on the other side of the break. I'm right, right back. In the middle of the night, I go walking in my sleep. Searching for something, searching for something, taking out of my soul. 
You're listening to Table Talk Radio, Serious Theology, Seriously Bad Hosts. Welcome back to Table Talk Radio. Before the break, we were talking about uh, this uh, natural law uh, and faith. Uh, Pastor, you had one more thing on that? Yeah, uh, just to make sure that the... um uh, that we, you know, we made this distinction between natural knowledge and revealed knowledge. Natural knowledge is that knowledge that can be arrived at by logic and reason and observation, science, discovery, etc. Uh, revealed knowledge, for example, the knowledge of the Trinity, the knowledge of the two natures of Christ, the knowledge of the uh, of the atoning sacrifice of Jesus on the cross and His second coming, is information that we can only attain to by the study of the scriptures, uh, it's special revelation, and yet it doesn't contradict, uh, and this is, I think, the point that Frank was making, it does not contradict our logic, but we have to be clear that we do not arrive at this information through the use of logic and reason. Ah, very good. Okay. Yeah, I think you're right. That's probably what uh, Frank was getting at. Thanks okay. for the email, by the way, Frank. Yes. Look, I got all these other hilarious things from our Facebook fan page. Uh, hmm. Yeah, but you don't want to hear it. You do think you? you think our listeners could maybe go look at that themselves? <laughs> yeah, yeah, they'll follow your example. Wait, what's my example? My example isn't. To... Oh. I know I'm being ironic. Oh, not only that, but you're being hilarious at the same time. Hilarious and ironic. <laughs> Hironic. Hilaronic. Why don't you explain to us how Ten Commandments in the News Ironious. works? Ironious. That's what it would be. Ironious. <laughs> Ten Commandments in the News works like this. We have this assumption that the Ten Commandments uh, are. Uh, God's perfect will. They show us our own sin, but they also stand as the, basically the outline of everything that the Lord has created uh, and instituted in this world. So, that when we when we read a piece of news because it has to do with created things, that it is going to necessarily have a connection to the Ten Commandments. So. Uh, the way that the Ten Commandments in the news works is we hear or read a news story, and then we ask ourselves, what, which of the commandments is, uh, uh, is, is, is uh, in which realm of which Ten Commandment is this news story existing? So, you know, if someone's being murdered, it has to do with the Fifth Commandment, etc., etc. So, it's a way to, dis- uh, to kind of connect the scriptures, and especially the catechism, the Ten Commandments, uh, with what we see every day around us, so that we have a biblical worldview, and we're thinking about things biblically. That's the idea, anyhow. Okay. And then we have the added part to this, is we, we ask uh, the question, how, uh, what, what could we say, uh, what, how could we bring a, what this story is about uh, to come around and talk about, talk about Jesus, bring, to bring about the gospel? Uh, so, you, so you see this news report that we're about to hear or read about, and uh, you happen to, to be around someone when you hear this, and how, how could you use this article then to, to talk about the gospel? And that is uh, maybe the tougher part of this game. Um, but here's the first entry. Are you ready, Pastor? Oh, yeah. All right. This is a report from the Associated Press. Lucas Rosales is turning into a young soccer phenom. At 11 years old, he's considered one of the best players in California's Coachella Valley. Um, wanted to start playing soccer and to live my dream. And he's living his dream with just one arm. Lucas was born without most of his left arm, but that hasn't slowed him down a bit. It hasn't been that difficult, you know, having one arm. I've learned over the years, my mom and dad, myself, to brush my teeth, comb my hair, put on my shirt on, tie my shoe. Lucas got into soccer after his dad took him to a Chivas USA match. He was hooked. 
but his mom was worried. My wife was had concerns for my son, but just like any other mother that loves her son would have. As a father, I thought that, you know, why not? Uh, you know, at some point he had to face social issues. Lucas says when other kids make fun of him, he lets his talent do the talking. I've always been involved in competition. I always um, experience kids with saying stuff. But um, I like to prove to them that I am better than them and I have the better skill than them on the field. He recently got to meet Major League Soccer star Jonathan Bornstein, and they showed each other a thing or two. They always say, uh, you know, adversity builds character and, you know, overcoming obstacles is what really makes you like a strong person both inside and out. It is that strength that Lucas hopes will get him to the very top. Hopefully even play with the U.S. national team with Jonathan Warnstein. And with every goal, he's getting closer. Noel Waghorn, in the Associated Press. All right. That's the news hey, report. Hey, that's heartwarming. Yeah, how about that? All right, what do you, is there anything from the Ten Commandments we can bring to this? I, I think this is, I mean, I like, you know what I like about this story is it's anti-Darwinism. I'm getting so sick <laughs> of Darwinism. You know what I mean when I say Darwinism? Oh, the yeah. strongest survive and all this nonsense? I mean, if we were a Darwinist, then you'd say, hey, here's a, here's a guy that only has one arm. Oh, he's surely weak, you know. He, uh, he'll be cold by the elephants or whatever, you know. <laughs> eaten by the lion. This Darwin nonsense so that you can't, so that, uh... Uh, so there's no sense of overcoming adversity or striving to to work through things or 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 actually having support from people and 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 living as a community of people that love one another and all this sort of stuff. I mean, uh, I, I, now I don't know. So Darwinism, by the way, is breaking the fifth commandment, murder. I mean, it well, I, it always results in breaking the fifth commandment. And and the, and our prime example could that, for that could be the the Nazis or the communists. Or whatever. Uh, so this, so in a strange sort of way, this is an anti-fifth commandment. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's a fifth commandment sort of issue. It's a, it's a matter of life, and and knowing that life it does not have value in its quality. It has a quantitative value. Life does. So even when someone is, um, you know, a guy doesn't have an arm, he's missing an arm, but he's still he he is a human being and should be recognized as such and and etc. Yeah, and and you also have the, uh, I mean, you said the anti fifth commandment. You also have the fifth commandment in the in the brief mention that uh, this poor kid gets you know made fun of, uh, made fun of at school or whatever. Uh, that certainly we have a breaking of the fifth commandment there. Um, There's some wisdom, by the way. I mean, I don't, this should not sound trite, but but you know, do we have a game like soccer? That's kind of, I mean, that's pretty good because. Uh, there's a game where you don't need your arms. In fact, your sure. arms are kind of a disadvantage. So, right. Uh, that's nice. Good. All right. Um, what about casual apologetic conversation game with us? Oh, I mean, did we do it already? Anti-Darwinism. Yeah. I mean, it's a sarcastic sort of thing. Hey, look, this guy. He's uh, he's weak. He's he, he he's a he's a detriment to the human race or whatever. That, I mean, that's that's how the Darwinism would think of it. And it's just, I mean, when you see something like this, when you, it's kind of the same thing that the Tebow commercial did. Remember, uh, oh, Tim, yeah. Tim Tebow? Yeah, he plays for the uh, he plays for the college team, the Denver Broncos. Yeah, uh, and, every uh, once in a while he does. <laughs> Did you get my joke there? Yeah, yeah, college, college team. team. I got it. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah we're, we're terrible. Uh, uh, no, he uh, he had that uh, that commercial. Hey, my mom didn't didn't kill me when I was in the womb. And, oh, good. Now, I mean, this is sort of thing. But every, yeah, what was so funny about that is, is everybody was up in arms of these 
you know, pro choice pro choice groups were all, you know, trying to stop this thing. And uh everyone that, that saw the commercial were, were all kinda disappointed, like yeah. kind of expected what? a little bit more of a uh, explicit confession here. Yeah. There you go. Okay. Um you want another one then? Yeah, oh yeah. All Hit right. Me with another one. Uh this is I really should have written these. Oh, yeah, this is uh, CNN. Here, here it is. Made in China, assembled in North Miami, but this is no ordinary order. Here was the task Monday morning. Get this 14-foot, 22,000-pound Buddha statue on top of this platform inside Peter Bromer's home. Very exciting. <laughs> Peter's wife, Tao, is a Buddhist. The statue will be part of their home, which is currently under construction. Peter bought the statue from China. It was shipped by boat to South Florida. But here's where things get tricky. They had to raise it some 20 feet high. The couple wanted it on top of a platform so it could be visible from various parts within the soon-to-be home. And this gives you some context to really just how big this thing is. This is the base and you can see it's wider than my wingspan. Very unusual. This is a one in a million type of project. Given the nature of it, the land, trying to build it to within the oak trees here. The so up went the statute in two parts. First, the base. Then the Buddha, both by crane. The owners wanting to get it up there without cutting down any trees. Nervous seeing this thing go up there? Not really. I knew it would be okay. <laughs> Had to cut a couple of branches, but that's life. Perhaps the toughest task, centering the 11-ton Buddha to the inch. They got it. How excited are you? I love it. They have the necessary permits. The house should be completed in early 2012. But for now, the Buddha is in the building. All right. Well, we, we, I, knew, I always knew Buddha was kind of fat, but 11 tons. Uh, That's a monstrous Buddha. Yeah, we only have about a minute before this break, but uh, I was thinking, uh, you know, about this not so much from a news a news report angle, uh, but you know, just like you know, you're sitting in your house and you see this huge Buddha roll up on the flatbed semi out front. <laughs> and you're like, what in the world is that? <laughs> what? What do you? Yeah, the, the 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 new neighbors are in town. They bring this this huge Buddha. ton Buddha. <laughs> I mean, this thing's just massive. So, uh, <laughs> what color was it? It was like a stone, like a white, you know, uh, thing. So it was it was uh, yeah, yeah. what do you expect? <clears throat> um, yeah, but uh, Buddha gets uh, you know all these things get kind of monocolor when they come to the U.S. I bet the I bet the original Buddha over in China was kind of colorful, you know. Yeah, well, that's just it, though. I mean, this guy, they, they didn't throw out any dollar amounts. Um, but, you know, this guy had to have it shipped by boat from China and then delivered to his house and have a, a crane and uh, place it on the platform where the house is going to be. So this is this has got to be, I mean, I'm thinking hundreds of thousands of dollars involved in getting this whole thing here. So Yeah, it might have something to do with the First Commandment also. Maybe. A false well, let's talk, <laughs> let's talk about that. Uh, right after this break. Hey, we want to hear from you, our listeners. If you're seeing us an email, questions at Table Talk Radio, or give us a call, 1-800-385-SOLA. We'll be right back on Table Talk Radio.
by the way, you know, when you're when you're telling these little stories, here's a good idea. Have a point. It makes it so much more interesting for the listener. This is Table Talk Radio. <laughs> Hey, you're listening to Table Talk Radio. Welcome back. We're in the middle of playing Ten Commandments in the News. That's a that's a Calvinist song, isn't it, Pastor? What is the word? Hey, I'm playing What's in Your Pastor's Library. Oh, he's still away from the mic, uh, getting getting his uh, Buddhist material. Uh, no, uh, what, were the, what were the words? We to just it? we just signed, bu- sealed, delivered. I'm yours. That's it. You got it. Signed, sealed, delivered. I'm yours. How is that Calvinist? I don't get it. I don't get the joke. It's the sign and seal. They say that sacraments are a sign, oh, but not a seal. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Except for the I'm yours part. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm yeah. only, I'm the elect. That's how the Calvinists was saying, sign, sealed, uh, the Lutherans have it delivered. <laughs> I'm the elect. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay, so two-thirds of the song or half of the song. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's like a... That's like a three-point Calvinist song. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, we're in the middle of playing Ten Commandments in the News, and we just heard this news report from CNN about uh, this family in California who's getting a 11-ton big Buddha placed in, into their home, or what will soon to be their home. And uh, Pastor Wolfinger has it before him to figure out which of the Ten Commandments is being involved here. Now, look at this. In my little dictionary of religion, it goes from page... 194 to 163, right in the middle of my article on Bahudism. Uh, Thank you for emphasizing the H. Kind of like, <laughs> kind of like when you talk about the Psalms and and everything else. I think the, I think the H is one of the most neglected letters of all. <laughs> At least with this. Now the Bahuda was a guy. He was a man. He was a prince, right? What was his name? I can't remember his name. And he was protected. This is the legend of the Bahuda. He lived in the he lived in the castle and he was protected from everything bad in this life. And so one day he's out riding around in the coach, which must have not been much much at all because the windows were closed, so they wouldn't see the suffering, all the people clamoring for rice and everything. So he peeks out the window and he sees suffering. He says, What's this? What? What? So he leaves his he leaves his wife, he leaves his children, he leaves his castle and his riches, and he goes and he sits in the woods and he comes up with the eightfold path and the five noble truths and everything. And and the whole point is that suffering is an illusion. Oh, can you imagine that? Yeah. If you yeah. if you just took you know how you can do an inverse of something in math? If you just took Christianity, the creed, and you put an inverse of it, you'd have Buddhism. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, it's the precise opposite of the truth. Suffering is an illusion so that we can avoid suffering by detaching ourselves from the things of this world. Can you imagine it? I mean, yeah. here, 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 salvation is in the fact that Jesus comes down and attaches himself to our sin, to our flesh, to our death, and dies in our place. Uh, I mean, that's uh, salvation. Bahudism has salvation by escaping the illusion of suffering. Oh, man. Yeah. I, I uh, as we record this right now uh, here at the seminary, the Good Shepherd Institute is going on, and uh, had lunch with uh, Pastor Bill Swirla, um, just at the in the cafeteria there, and, and uh, he just got done talking to our our, our Australian friend. Remember uh, Pastor Vanderhoek? That was yeah, yeah. And, and Pastor Vanderhoek uh, made that's the, something, by the way, rare to say about Pastor Swirla that he got done talking. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, side note, uh, tonight he's going to do a, a fireside chat. It uh, starts at 7 and ends at 1 a.m. So <laughs> just, someone told him just say a few words. I think, uh, by the way, you know, one of our my little goals is to have more listeners than those guys, the God Whisperers. Right. Apparently, Chris Roseborough says that not yet. Oh, okay. We need to keep working on that then. I know. That's why I got to think <laughs> high. I think it high, you know. I mean, I've given up the idea of having more fans than Kirk Cameron. <laughs> right. Oh, that that's far gone. Yeah. Anyway, no. Uh, uh, so, uh, Pastor Vanderhoek was making the point to Swirla before I got to the table uh, that when, when uh, pastors uh, make the blessing, they, they, they make the sign of the cross, right? And he says, uh, and he made the point that, that all of our blessings come at suffering, that you know, we have a marriage and family and kids and and all these things. These are these are all blessings, but all these things come at at, at suffering, that at, at hardship. And and the, the the most wonderful blessing we have of all is the forgiveness of sins, a life in Christ, salvation. Uh, and this comes at the suffering of our Lord. So then to have uh, Buddhism to say the exact opposite of that, that that suffering is an illusion, is just completely opposite of Christianity. It is. You're right about that. It is the precise opposite. It is the inverse of the truth. I mean, it's not just wrong. It's exactly wrong. <laughs> if you, so, I mean, you don't wonder if you wanted to get to the truth. You just would t- say the opposite of what the Bahudists say. You know, that'd be right. one way to get to it. Right. Okay, so uh, uh, Kaka then. Mm. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, what do you say to someone? I mean, that's dedication, right? <laughs> Having a eleven ton Buddha, you. I mean, maybe the conversation should be, "Hey, do you are you going to pray to that thing? You yeah. know, d- does having it eleven tons does an eleven ton Buddha answer your prayers more than say a like a seven and a half ton Buddha? <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I, I, this might start a c- big contest on, on the street. You know, that guy's got eleven ton Buddha. Well, watch this. I'm gonna get a twenty five ton Buddha. You know, yeah, until forty seven ton Buddha. There. There'd be all these Buddhas around. They have to. What is that huge Buddha in the cliff in China? There, they have to get someone to cut that thing off and bring the seventy-five foot Buddha. <laughs> uh, it is. You know, one of the things we say is when we read the Old Testament, we we don't want to be think that whenever every time it says I, idolatry, it means there's a statue. I mean, there was statuary in the Old Testament, but that was used to indicate the presence of God. In Buddhism, you have the exact opposite of that. I mean, you don't have a real god. There's no real god. There's just kind of the power of the universe, like um, like what we learned on Star Wars, you know, the Force. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. There's no real personal god. There's just a power of, there's a kind of, or we also learned that on the movie with the blue people. Um, Smurfs? Movie? No, not the, uh, with the, <laughs> where you, where they're in the woods and everything glows. Uh, they just can't. Avatar. Uh, yeah, yeah, Avatar. We learned also the power, the energy source of the, Right. Avatar, that's Buddhist also. So there's no real God, so you have a statue. In the Old Testament, you had a statue indicating the visible presence of an invisible God. In Buddhism, you have a visible statue that indicates the absence of an invisible God. It's it's just kind of... Yeah. It's kind of nuts. So, I mean, maybe to start the Kakka thing, you could say, well, whoa, why do you have a big statue of the Bahuda? Yeah. I mean, this this conversation is going to kind of start itself, isn't it? I mean... <laughs> You, you look at this crane drop this huge thing in, and you're just like, so what's that all about? And then there you go. You're already talking about it. So. <laughs> so. Okay, well, I want to I get this clip in because this next clip is a little bit longer, uh, two and a half minutes, um, but it's uh, with Bill O'Reilly, and he makes his appearance on ABC's The View, um, and this is the discourse that takes place on The View on ABC. 
And that's what I write what about in Pinheads mean? and Patriots. I know, All right, let me give you an example. The mosque. The mosque down here on 9-11. That's inappropriate. It's it's sure they have a right to do it, and and in the Constitution, but it's inappropriate because a lot of the 9/11 families who I know say, "Look, we don't want that. Yeah, that's, that shouldn't about, be there." But what about the no 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 no? But there's the president. Right? There's the president going. Well, they're right to do it. Yes. And then the guy this says, "And then the this well, is America. hold it, hold it. Listen to me because you'll learn." All right. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. He says to the press, yeah, they have a right to do it, and that's true. Yeah. And then the question is, but what about the wisdom of it, Mr. President? And he goes, I'm not going to comment. Whereupon, everybody in the country goes, what? Well, wait a minute. Let Come me ask on. you this. That Let me is ask the gulf this. Let me ask it. you this. So you're saying that, that Americans are not smart enough to recognize that while it is part of our Constitution to say the freedom of religion and freedom to worship, and there were 70 families who are Muslim uh, who do also died in that building. Yeah. So you're saying that we, we, that his saying that they have the right to do it and not it's saying wrong. any more than that is really? why his approval That's rating so is going down. So I'm showing that there is a gulf between they w Americans wanted to know what his opinion was on the issue and yeah, he wouldn't that, give it. We're Americans. That's too. one, that's we one thing. We agree with him. You, know, so you, you agree with him. No, Most we're Americans. Americans. I'm an American. Look, let me break this to you. Seventy percent of Americans don't want that mosque down there. We're so don't give me the we do. I want to see that. You want to bet on that? You want to bet? I'll show you that poll in a minute. Right. Is that right. Americans, Americans don't want, don't want it down there. Why is that? Then why aren't why we saying... Because it's inappropriate. Why is it inappropriate when 70 families died? Who killed this on 9-11? No. Right? Oh, my God. That is... Explicitives. Muslims didn't kill us on 9-11? Is that what you're saying? Extremists. And what religion were they in? What religion was... Mr. McVeigh. Mr. McVeigh was an extremist. I'm telling you, 70% of the Christians... I don't want to sit here. You're outraged about Muslims killing this on our And that's why I don't watch The View. <laughs> okay. I love peaceful, uh, you know, intelligent talk <laughs> like this show. Uh, so at that point, uh, Whoopi Goldberg and Joy, what's her name again? Behar. Yeah, she walked. They, they both walked off the set at this point, and they go on a little bit. Uh, so we we only have about a minute before this break. Um, but uh, boy, what what an interaction, right? I mean, uh, so so the whole the whole thing blew up when when Bill O'Reilly and we'll talk about this after this upcoming break. But now Bill O'Reilly said that Muslims killed us on on 9/11, and then uh, just was flabbergasted that that was said and we're going to talk about that right after this break and talk about uh which of the ten commandments is being involved uh in that little clip you just heard you are listening to table talk radio and uh i want to tell you that you can sign up for text message alerts from table talk oh, radio yeah, yeah, if you uh take out your phone and, and text message the word table talk altogether one word table talk to six nine Three o two, you'll be signed up for Table Talk Radio alerts. That's Table Talk, all one word, to six nine three o two. We're gonna finish Ten Commandments of the News after this break, and then play random Theopedia article game Give it a on Table Talk Radio. 
not really one of the best decisions you've made today. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. Welcome back to Table Talk Radio. Uh, responding to The View with Bill O'Reilly. Uh, well, Bill O'Reilly was a guest on The View. And when uh, the topic of, of 9-11 came up, he said that uh, Muslims killed us on 9-11. And uh, now, Pastor Wolf, you have to talk about this in the context of Ten Commandments in the news. Well, I don't, you know, I, you, we could be a little bit more careful. I'm going to say this at the, at, the, at the risk of sounding like a wimp. But it'd be better to maybe say that men who were Muslim... Uh, killed us on 9/11 because uh, certainly there were a lot of Muslims who did not kill us on 9/11. So, uh, but make no mistake, it is the ideology of Islam that leads to uh, to this sort of death. I mean, we mentioned it before. What are we talking about? Communism and and Nazism. Why were we even talking about that in this show? Uh, Darwin, Darwin. Oh yeah, that Darwinism leads to murder. Well, so Islam is really. I mean. Is the same ideology as Darwinism, survival of the uh, of the fit, of the strong, etc. So, uh, I mean, it's the same sort of deal, same sort of thing that's happening. So, um, this is certainly an issue. Now, one of the great, one of the very tricky commandments. This is a great difficulty. Is that? Um, is that when you accuse someone of committing some committing a particular sin or particular crime, you bounce right up against the eighth commandment, which is you shall not bear false witness. Now, the, the eighth commandment does not forbid bearing witness; it forbids bearing false witness. And oftentimes, whenever you, you, someone just says something plainly, like communists murder Christians, someone will say, "Hey, wait a minute! That's a break of the eighth commandment. That's not putting the best construction on it on everything." Well, but it's true, you know. These sort of these sort of ideologies, which emphasize strength and movement and overcoming and aligning people and all this sort of nonsense, end up shedding blood. And Islam is no different. It is uh, it's a manifestation of this old ideology, which wants to overcome with power and strength, so by whatever means necessary. Right. I, I I'm going to agree with you. Uh, I don't think that that's being weak, uh, because what was interesting in this whole thing, <laughs> I was just fascinated by. Is uh, when uh, you know when when Bill O'Reilly stopped and, and told Joy, listen, you'll learn something. What she was trying to assert yes. there, she said uh, that um, that Americans uh, Americans agree with the president because I'm an American. Americans believe. And then Bill O'Reilly stopped and said, <laughs> yeah, right. no, 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 you do, but most Americans don't. And then he turns around, and makes a generalization with, with with the Muslims, and says Muslims kill us on 9/11. And Whoopi Goldberg goes, no, 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 extremist Muslims, you know. And so it, it's just fascinating that that reversal that that goes on uh, right in in the same conversation. Uh, but no, I, I no, actually agree with this that that we should we should avoid these these generalizations. So, so we should. I mean, we can't make those generalizations. Like we can't say that that uh, that, that Christians go to church on Sunday because not all Christians go to church on Sunday. We can't say that Christians believe in the. <laughs> I'm being a little, little facetious here. We can't say that, that Christians believe that that Christ is present in the Lord's Supper because not all Christians do. Uh, and, and of course, the the, the joke here is that uh, that the, the, the teachings that I just said are are what are in line with 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 uh, Christianity. 
Um, right, right, that's right. So, so, but, so when we talk about Muslim extremists, uh, the the extremists that 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 the media always likes to talk about are the ones who are consistent with the teachings of the Quran. And uh, in case right. in case you doubt me, look up Surah uh, nine twenty nine, and and you'll be convinced. Um, and, and that taken taken that with the uh, the doctrine of abrogation that Islam has, right? That that the uh, the the chronologically that the latest verses in the Quran uh, override or, or supersede uh, the the earlier ones. The uh, so there's continuing continuing revelation. So it'd be like a Mormon if 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 the if a Mormon found a verse in the Book of Mormon that contradicted the Bible, which would he take as more valid? Uh, the Book of Mormon. Right, because it's a later revelation, and so it is in, in, right. in the Quran. The later revelations supersede the earlier ones. So take that into account. I will. Okay, so uh, do you want to do caca with this real quick? Uh, no, let's play this game. I want to play this game. Okay, well, you go first. Okay, so what we're gonna do is we're gonna pull up a random article on Theopedia, and then I think we cack good it by the way already. So I'm gonna count our conversation already. Okay, and then you're gonna read the definition of the article. Then then the other person has to guess what the article, the name of the article is. Is that right? Uh, that... yeah. All right, that'll be fine. This will be super easy. Well, I was gonna name the the title, and then you could guess what it is. Oh, okay. But either way, I it doesn't matter. So, like a define that word kind of thing. Here, let's let's try it that way because the definition will be gives you the word on on the one I've got in front of you. So here here's simply the word, and it is pantheism. Ah, okay. So pantheism is the uh, the teaching that that God is in all things, and so uh, you know this could maybe sometimes be be associated with um, uh, I guess. Uh, some Indian groups who, who would say that there's the rain god, the, the fire god, the cloud god, the sun god, the tree god, you know, all the all gods and everything. But 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 even more so that, that God is is in everything, that everything uh, consists God. So I have this book here, I have this mouse, this pencil. Uh, God is in everything. So that that's yeah. pantheism. Yeah, that's right? exactly right. Okay. That's perfect. Yep, good definition. And that's we have to. Uh, you know, I, I was thinking about this just this morning in Bible classes that in the in the ancient world uh, there was. Most people were pantheist, or they had tons and tons of gods. I mean, it was a, it would have been a weirdo thing for the for the Jews, for example, not to have an altar in their home and in their garden and all this sort of stuff, to, and to believe that there's one God and one place to sacrifice to Him. It would have been completely out of whack with the whole world. Most, so we must understand that most of the world and the history of the world, etc., have have multiple gods or everything is God. And now we we don't know that in the United States, although I'm going to guess that in a couple of generations it's going to be weird that the Christian church just uh, 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 worships and prays to one God because this kind of pantheism or super uh, huge pantheon of gods is uh, is kind of the natural state of man's demonic uh, mind-made religion. Cool. All right. You want to do another one here? You, so, oh, so you get 200 points. Yeah, 200, 200 points. points. Okay, so am I supposed do you want me to uh, give you the, the word? Either and, way, if, if you can you can do the word or you can do the definition. Do Whatever you think will be more difficult. <laughs> okay. Uh, then your... Uh, and your, by difficult, I mean easiest. The, the word is uh, Thomism. Thomism? T-H-O-M-I-S-M. Does that have to do with Thomas Aquinas? Perhaps. I think you're on the right track here. 
Okay, so t- would Thomism be just the uh, kind of the philosophical and and um, uh, and theological uh, school of those who who follow the medieval theologian Thomas Aquinas? Yeah, very good. Ding 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 ding. Two hundred points. Yeah, in the Reformation they would talk about the Thomists. I don't know why they don't they don't talk about the Aquinists. Why is <laughs> no, it the isn't first that weird? Name? Isn't that weird? Uh, yeah, that's Wait, right. Maybe Thomas so, just sounds better than Aquinas. Th- this is the Aquinas. line. I, I think it's fun to see the, uh, the kind of the slant on the on these articles, uh, the definitions. This, this is the definition. Uh, Thomas is a philosophical school of thought following the teaching of Thomas Aquinas, especially as contained in his most famous summary work, summary work Summa Theologica, uh, the importance of which the Roman Catholic Church arguably regards as second only to the Bible. That's it. That's it. That's it. Oh, do you want? Well, oh. I can keep going, but that's that's the that's the main well, definition. That's, right. that's the main. Thing. Okay, yeah, so right. let's do another one. Here's a, here's another one for you. Yeah, uh, I'll give you the definition, and you try to guess the person here. This will be kind of tough. A Roman aristocrat. He was pope from 440 to 461. He is the first great pope we know much about. Even sometimes assigned the title as first pope. He stopped the invasion of Italy by Attila the Hun in 452. Uh, by his moral, oh, what is this word? By his moral suasion, was a great theologian in his own right, was a leading figure in the centralization of the government of the church. Uh, then under the next section, a zeal for orthodoxy, an uncompromising foe of heresy. This fellow found that uh, that in the diocese of Aquilia, Pelagians were received into the church communion without formal repudiation of their errors. He wrote to rebuke this culpable negligence and required a solemn a- abjuration before a synod. Uh, I have you got any idea? I have no idea. You got me on this one. This is kind of tough. This is Leo the Great. Oh, I should have, I should have guessed it. Just guessed Leo. Leo. Yep. yep. Okay. Well, uh, here I'm, I'm going to give you the definition on this one too. I kind of like this game. Okay. Okay. Right. <laughs> okay. I can't tell you. I have to cut out part of it, or else I'll just completely give it away. Yeah. That's okay. okay. That's okay. Uh, this is a version of the old Aryan anti-Trinitarian heresy named after can't tell you, um, a, a product of the radical skepticism of the Italian Renaissance. This denies the full deity of Christ, predestination, original sin, total inability of man to convert himself, the atonement as a penal satisfaction, and justification by faith alone. Arminianism. No, uh, that, oh that's not boy, it. no! I'm gonna say who was the, who was the who was the guy that the Calvinists killed for not being a trim, uh, Severitus? Is this the Severitism or something like this? No, this is earlier. Uh, oh, this is a uh, Socinian. Oh, Socinianism. Yeah, that's right. Ha! Nice. Good. What a great game! All right, I we can w- play this game all day. We need to hear your feedback. On this on this show, I'm sure whether... you love this game too, dear listener. Oh yeah, who who wouldn't love this game? But give us give us your feedback. Questions at tabletalkradio.org or 1-800-385-SOLA. Thanks for listening to Table Talk Radio, where the points are like having your own 11 ton Buddha. <laughs> You've been listening to Table Talk Radio. The views expressed on this show are that of the hosts and do not reflect the views or opinions of this station. We would like your feedback on today's show. Call us toll-free, 1-800-385-SOLA. That's 1-800-385-SOLA. Or send us an email, questions at tabletalkradio.org. You can listen again to this show or any of our past shows on our website, 
tabletalkradio.org. Thanks for listening and tune in again next time to Table Talk Radio.